0: As many of you, not all of you, are aware, we have been in a series called Marks of a Disciple, and today we are going to continue that. And kind of our our theme verse has been this, Luke 640, that a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. That the goal of what Jesus Christ is doing in us is to make us like him. That he wants us to be fully trained disciples. To be like our teacher or our master which is Jesus Christ. Today I'm going to take a somewhat lengthy text from the book of Acts. A few months back I preached from the first 24 uh, sent our verses of this chapter and now I'm going to do the next 16 verses of this chapter and focus on the fact that disciples are messengers. Verse 25 of Acts 20, our Acts 8 says this, so when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, "Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopia, who was in charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and Heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, Well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers is silent so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart you may, and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the, Philip, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came Caesarea. So as I mentioned I'm going to preach for just a little bit that disciples are messengers. Disciples are messengers. God bless you. You may be seated today. We see in this passage of scripture an angel. Angels are God's messengers. They are angels that have various functions in the Old Testament. We see the way in which angels minister to people, the way in which they talk to people, and the way in which at times they they battle on behalf of people. We even see angels in Genesis chapter 3 that when Adam and Eve sin, an angel of the Lord stands on the path or at the gate of the Garden of Eden with a flaming sword and keeps Adam and Eve from going back into the garden to keep them from the tree of life. But the majority of what we see in the interactions that we see in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament with angels is that they are messengers of God, that they are bringing a message to people directly from God. They have a, a word from God for somebody or for a particular people. Now, it, it goes without saying that God does not always use angels in the Old Testament. In fact, he can speak to people, and often he does. He will just speak, just as he did to Moses at the burning bush. He just speaks out of the middle of this bush. He doesn't use an angel. He just directly talks to Moses. Or the word of the Lord that would come to Noah, or the word of the Lord that would come to Jonah, or various of the Old Testament prophets. The word of God would come to people and would speak to them, and they would then perform whatever task or whatever word from God was given to them they would then do what he had told them to do but what we see is this is that while God has times where he speaks directly to people and we see that in this passage as well and when there are times when God uses angels to speak to people and we see that in this passage as well I would tell you that God's ultimate plan is for you and I to be his messengers. In fact, it is specifically that we are to be his messengers in telling or sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Angels do not preach the gospel. God does not come down and and witness to someone and share the gospel with them. He has called you and I to be messengers and preach the gospel to people. In fact, we see in in Acts chapter 10 that in the same chapter, God sends an angel to Cornelius who is a centurion. He is an Italian. He is not a Jew by ethnicity, but he has, many would say, become what is called a God-fearer, and that means that he is serving the true God. He doesn't know anything about Jesus Christ. All he knows is maybe the God of the Old Testament. And an angel comes to him and says, Sin to joppa for a man named simon he will tell you what it is that you need to know at the same time or or as and just a couple of days later as the the messengers from from cornelius are arriving in joppa god is speaking to peter in a dream that he's talking to peter in a dream an angel two days before has talked to cornelius and now god is speaking to peter in a vision and that vision is ultimately telling him this, is that you need to go with these people who are coming. You need to take this gospel to the Gentiles. And when Peter arrives there, the angel doesn't share the gospel. God doesn't share the gospel. Peter shares the gospel with Cornelius and his household. And as he's preaching the word of God, the Holy Spirit falls on them, and they begin to speak with other tongues, just like in the book of Acts chapter 2. That an angel and a word from God are a vision Neither of those were going to share the gospel. It was people that would share the gospel. It was indeed God's plan. It is what he has designed. It is, as I would tell you, it is one of our seven tasks as disciples of Jesus Christ. is to be a messenger of the gospel of Jesus. So from this, these 16 verses here, I want to pull out six truths about evangelism six truths about what things look like and the first is this that evangelism is spirit led for the obedient it is spirit led for the obedient and what do i mean by that i mean this is that obedience to god's written word results in you and i hearing a spoken word from god That if we do not follow God's written word, what he has already told us to do, why would we expect God to speak out to us something about what he wants us to do if we're not already doing what he has told us through the word of God? In fact, a lot of times people will will ask, they'll they'll have a decision that they make and they will want to know the will of God. Lord, is it your will that I do X, Y, Z? And if God has already told us in his word the answer to that question, he's not very likely to tell you spiritually and speak a word to you and say, yes, do this, or no, don't do this if his word has already told it to us. So what I would tell you is this, is that Jesus has said that if you won't listen to Moses, you won't listen to me. What he's getting at is this, if you won't go to the written word of God and follow what it says there, then you're not going to listen to Jesus. So it's incumbent upon you and I to follow what God has already spoken through his word. And what we see in our text is this, is that Philip is in Samaria doing what God has already commanded him to do. They have had a great revival, the first 24 verses of Acts chapter 8, Philip shows up in Samaria and he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when he preaches the gospel, signs and wonders take place and many people are healed and God performs great wonders and great signs. And the people then, because of the signs and the wonders, they go, man, maybe this word or this message that he's preaching, maybe that's true. And they believe the message of salvation that Philip has preached to them. It is the pattern of the book of acts it is actually the pattern of what i think god wants from us is that we share the gospel and then we go do you have any needs that god can take care of and he wants you and i to be involved in the miraculous acts 1 8 but you shall receive power after that the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in jerusalem and judea and in samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. And and I would tell you, as much as I'm preaching today, that you and I are to be messengers, which means we have to open our mouth and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I would tell you is that that power, we don't need God's power to open our mouth and share it. But what we do need, if we're going to be witnesses of his power, is to do the miraculous, to be able to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, to be able to, to uh, cast out demons if need be, to see God perform miraculous events in people's lives so that the word which we have spoken, they will say, man, maybe I can believe that. Maybe that Jesus is somebody I need to follow. It is what Philip has been doing. He has preached the word. Miracles, signs, and wonders have taken place. And many, the Bible says, in that city believed and were baptized. And there was great joy in the city. Great results from Philip preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now he's getting ready to leave the capital city of Samaria and go on his way. And in the process of going on his way, God speaks to him. An angel of the Lord is, speaks to Philip and says, Get up and go south. Go to a specific place. He's with an entourage of people. And the angel of the Lord speaks to Philip specifically. And everybody else kept going where they were going, preaching the gospel. But now he has to go and find this individual. He doesn't know why he's going, God doesn't tell him. He just says, Go. And so God go, or Philip goes to where God tells him. But what is important is this, is that he was already sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. God wasn't telling him through a, a supernatural encounter with the angel of the Lord speaking to him and say, go witness to somebody. He was already fulfilling the word of God. And I would tell you this, is that that if we wait on God to give us a word before we do what he has told us, we're going to wait a long time. It is the people who are involved in the work of God that God speaks to and gives them specific instructions. If you never tell anybody about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're sitting around waiting on God to give you a word, We already know it is not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We already know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall he preach except he be sent? Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news of Jesus Christ. And what I would tell you is that everyone in this room has a commission from Jesus Christ to be a messenger of the gospel and to share it with people everywhere that we go. And if we're doing that, then God, in our going and in our sharing, God may say, oh, by the way, why don't you go talk to this person? Or why don't you go over here and do this? I've got somebody else to share that I want you to share the gospel with. But if we're sitting and just waiting, what that really means is we're being disobedient to what he has already told us. We should not expect a new word if we're not doing what he's already given us. And, and I don't mean to be overly hard on this, and, and, and I've been, I'm very transparent for 20 years of full-time ministry, almost never telling anybody about Jesus. And I would have said, if God will tell me, to, I'll, I'll talk to whoever if he tells me to do it. but I can count on maybe one finger in 20 years the number of people God specifically said go share the gospel with. But I could tell you thousands of people that I ignored and he had already said share the gospel with them. It is the spirit led who get a word from, the, from God. It is the obedient rather that our spirit led as God leads them. The second thing I want you to know is this, is that God desires every hungry heart to hear the gospel. There had been, as I mentioned, great revival in Samaria. Hundreds, probably thousands of people had come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And now they're on their way preaching the gospel in various cities. But God knew what Philip didn't know. God knew what the rest of those with Philip didn't know and that there was a man who's, who was hungry to know the true God who's out on the middle of a desert road that needed the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not unlike what Jesus said when He, he said, the shepherd will leave the 99 to go after the one. That there is one lost sheep out there. And, and the 99, they're good, but I, but I need to make sure that that one lost sheep is saved. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch who was hungry to know about Jesus. He maybe had never even heard of Jesus, didn't even know that he needed Jesus. But he was hungry for more of God, and God knew where he was. So God directed Philip there. A lot of times people come up with these hypothetical situations about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and what about a person who never gets to hear the gospel and so on and so forth? I can't answer all of that, but what I can do is go to the scripture and I can tell you that if there's somebody that's hungry and that will receive the gospel, God will speak to someone to go and share the gospel with them. Philip goes. He has to change directions. He's going north, but now he's got to turn around and go south to a different place because God wants every hungry heart to hear the gospel. Let me ask this question of you. How many people do you know that aren't following Jesus Christ that need to hear the gospel? You may not know whether they're hungry or not, But if you share the gospel with them, you'll find out real quick if they're hungry or not. Because those who are hungry will receive the word of God and they will come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and ultimately be saved. The third thing that I want you to know is this, is that the word of God needs a human voice. Why don't we use our voices? Look at your neighbor and say, the word of God needs a human voice. Come on, just read that off the screen. The Word of God needs a human voice. What do I mean by that? The Ethiopian eunuch, he is looking at the Scripture. Reading from Isaiah 53. He's got the scroll of Isaiah. He's reading it. And when Philip responds to God the second time when, he said, when God says join yourself to the chariot. He goes into the chariot and he asks the Ethiopian, he says this, understand this or do you understand what you're reading? The Ethiopian says, how can I understand it? I need somebody to tell me what it says. I need somebody to help me understand what it says. I've got the Word of God, I just don't get it. I don't know what it means. And we could sit back and we could say, man, they have a Bible? It's on the Internet. You don't, even have to, you don't even have to go and buy a Bible. But The Word of God needs a human voice to help those who are not followers of Jesus understand what it says about Jesus. It is what you and I are commissioned to to do it is to speak the gospel it is to help people understand what it is that they're reading and i would tell you unfortunately that most people aren't even reading the bible they don't even have that understanding this particular ethiopian eunuch the bible says he had been to jerusalem to worship and what that means is this is that he was a jew by religion that maybe he's an ethiopian by ethnicity but he is a he is a follower of the Old Testament. He just doesn't know what he's reading. He just doesn't understand. And he asked a specific question Is the prophet speaking about himself or someone else? And that's the fourth point, and that is this that evangelism is all about Jesus. That this passage that he's reading in Isaiah said he was bruised for our iniquity. He was wounded for our transgressions and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed and it is a a passage of a prophecy about what was going to happen to jesus christ on the cross that he's going to be beaten he's going to be despised he's going to be rejected he's going to be humiliated he's going to bleed for your sins and mine and the Ethiopian has no idea what he's reading. He doesn't know if it's talking about Isaiah, if it's talking about somebody else. But Philip begins at that point and begins to preach to him Jesus. Evangelism must all be about Jesus. It's not about how your life can be better, or it's not about if you just live a certain way, then things are going to go great. When we follow Jesus, a lot of times that happens. It's not about we need to go to church even and hang out with some good people. But it has to all be about Jesus. What Jesus has done for us and what Jesus wants to do for us and what Jesus is going to do in our lives and and the fact that we can live with Jesus Christ forever. That's what evangelism must all be about. It is about Jesus. It is For Jesus and it is empowered by Jesus I've heard people sometimes present what they call the gospel and it's really a a self-help message or it's a your life can be better if you just do certain things and once again sometimes that happens when we come to Jesus our lives are are sometimes better But Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. And if you preach a self-help gospel and, and how you can just have a wonderful life now, when your life is not real wonderful, guess what? You turn your back on Jesus because you think that he has done something wrong because he's let you go through trouble. But it's about following Jesus through the good times and the bad. It's about following Jesus because he paid the penalty for your sin and mine. It's about spending an eternity with Jesus. And whatever affliction we have here and whatever trouble we have here, Paul said it this way, it is a light affliction which is but for a moment that cannot be compared to that eternal weight of glory. That whatever trouble we have spending an eternity with Jesus is going to far surpass anything that you and I have experienced here. Fifthly, conversion is the result of evangelism. When Philip preaches to him, Jesus, and he preaches, obviously he is preaching the message of salvation. He is preaching that he needs to follow Jesus. I would tell you he's even preaching that you need to be baptized into Jesus. Because the the, the eunuch, the Ethiopian, when he sees water as they're, they're going along on this desert road, he sees a pool of water, and whether it's an oasis or whatever it is, the Bible doesn't say, all he says is he sees water. If I could say it this way, he's probably got some water with him. You're not traveling out on a desert road without a canteen or a bag of water. They don't have a plastic bottle of Aquafina, but they've got water with them. But he sees a pool of water, and he says, here is water. What is stopping me from getting baptized? And my point isn't to really to preach about baptism, but, but I will just throw this in. He has water with him. But he's not looking to get sprinkled with a little bit of water. He's looking to be immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ because Philip has been preaching about the need to be baptized when you follow Jesus. The need of baptism in the process of our salvation. And Philip's response isn't, sure, let's just get you baptized. But he puts a little bit of a caveat on that. And he says, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. The eunuch says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And Philip then baptizes him in water. We already know how Philip baptizes. We see that in Acts eight sixteen. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So no question, he baptizes him by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. And what I would tell you, and make sure that you understand this, he said, It is good to study the Bible. It is good to share biblical truths with people. But the goal of our evangelism is to see people to be born again of water and spirit so that they can live with Jesus Christ forever. That what we should be doing is preaching or sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in order for people to be converted and then they can grow in their relationship with him. Now if I could pause and slow down for just a minute, it's not that, it's not that you immediately just go up to somebody and say, you need to repent of your sins, you get the Holy Ghost, be baptized in Jesus' name. It takes relationship. Or it takes a hungry heart. It takes somebody saying, asking, hey, what, what does What does this mean? But if you have a relationship with somebody and you've been setting this up, your goal isn't that people would walk away with more Bible knowledge. But your goal should be that people walk away being converted to followers of Jesus Christ. Conversion is the result of evangelism. Lastly, evangelism is spirit-empowered but requires human effort. This is a unique passage of Scripture. Philip, at the beginning of our text, is traveling, preaching the Gospel. He's on a missionary journey, if you would, We could say it that way, where he is going city to city preaching the gospel. And the reality is, and and if I could dovetail this in with something we've talked about already, he's going to cities because that's where the people are. That's where the bulk of the people are. You're not just going from house to house out in the middle of the country. That would take too long, but he's going to city, from city to city where there are people preaching the gospel, and now... In the middle of that, God spoke that word to him through the angel and said, go out on this particular road. And he he goes out onto the road. He has to walk from where he is to where God wants him to be. But after his obedience to God, after preaching the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch, and after baptizing him, the Bible says that both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and then they came out of the water. And the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. But ultimately, Philip is translated from that pool of water to the city of Azotis. It's one of those crazy passages of Scripture. Philip doesn't walk from where he is to Azotus. He just finds himself. Oh man, look at this! You think of Star Trek, you know, and the whole. What I've spent so long as I haven't seen that, and they get in the little area, and then their particles all disappear, and they show up on some other place. Anybody familiar with that? No, almost nobody. Okay, that's fine. But ultimately, this transporter that they have on Star Trek is it's that you're you just you're in one place, and it mysteriously and magically and, and science fictionally moves you to another place. That's what happens with, with Philip, except it's not science fiction. It's that the Spirit of God takes him from where he is and transports him some 26 miles away to the city of Azotus instant marathon but what I want you to understand is this that doesn't happen on the front side of the story God doesn't take Philip from where he is as he's traveling through the region of Samaria he doesn't take him and then just transport him to the desert road He gives him a word, and Philip has to put his human effort in it, and he has to walk to the place where the eunuch is. But after his obedience to the Spirit of God, and his obedience to the command of God, now God supernaturally sends him to his next place. And ultimately what I would tell you is this, is, We can't look and expect to be just transported from one place to the next. That's the only time you see that in Scripture. You see maybe variations of that with Elijah and the the chariots come and they they scoop him up and Elisha says the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof as he just says transported. Or maybe even with Enoch when the Bible says that he walked with God and he was not because God took him. Maybe you can say it's a similar kind of thing, but it's a very rare occurrence in Scripture. But what is not rare is that people are to be obedient to the Word of God. And they are to do what God has commanded us to do and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with everybody we come in contact with. We are messengers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we speak his word, God will accompany his word. His spirit will empower us to speak it in a way that people can receive it. And to speak it in a way that people can understand it. It is a both and. It is our human effort. God is not going to open our mouth. God is not going to make us speak. But he will empower us to be effective in the kingdom of God as we share the gospel. As musicians come, I have over the last three years shared the gospel with more people than in my 46 previous years. And I would tell you, it's not because I lacked the opportunity. It's not that I never saw people. My excuse was that while I was in full-time ministry for 20 of those years, I was working with all saved people that all of my co-workers were already saved we went to the same church or similar churches I was around all saved people the church that I attended was some 30 minutes from my house and I was like man nobody's driving 30 minutes to go visit my church And my, the majority of my interactions with unsaved people or the cashier at the grocery store or the, the waiter or the waitress at the restaurant. I wasn't at the, re, I wasn't at the restaurant to witness, man. I wasn't there to eat. I can't spend time or take the time or care enough about their eternal destiny to share the gospel with them. Since I've been in Olathe, I'm not working a secular job where I'm around a bunch of unsaved people. So what it has changed Is my intentionality. What has changed is I need to go find somebody who needs the gospel. Can't just wait on them to come. Bill, there's there's only one reason I joined the Chamber of Commerce and only one reason I was part of the Chairman's Liaison Committee. That was to find people who were hungry for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And even in that setting, meeting people and inviting them to breakfast or lunch so I could get to know them so I would have an opportunity to share the gospel. Even in that setting, when Bill heard that I was a preacher, he was already hungry, already looking. And after that chairman's liaison committee i didn't look it up but i think it was march 3rd 2020 he came up to me introduced himself to me because he was hungry to hear the gospel of jesus christ but he never meets me and maybe never hears the true gospel of jesus christ if If I wasn't being intentional, than if I was living that year like I had lived the previous twenty. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall he preach except he be sent? What I would tell you is that that passage in Romans chapter 10, when it uses the word preacher or preaching, it's not necessarily talking about somebody doing what I'm doing today. It's just talking about anybody who is a child of God who is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody who doesn't know. So, your coworker how shall they hear without a preacher? Your classmates, how shall they hear without a preacher? Disciples are called to be messengers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what you and I have heard and what you and I have experienced, it is the will and the desire of God that everybody you know has an opportunity to hear that same gospel message. They may not respond, which is God's will for them to respond. They may choose not to. But that's not on us. What is on us is do we tell them, are we going to share the gospel with them? stand together. Would you just begin to talk to the Lord right now as they get ready to sing? In fact, I'm going to go ahead and have them sing. But would you just talk to the Lord right now? Would you ask him to, to speak to you? To encourage you, to equip you, to give you boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ.